Just a little disclaimer, we filmed this on Tuesday, June 22nd. You'll probably be listening to, to this after that, maybe on June 23rd, which is Connor's birthday. Uh, thanks again to Connor for coming on the podcast, and uh, happy birthday. Go show him some love. Let's get into it. Welcome, welcome, everybody, to the Tip-Off pod. Uh, my name is Tip Finless, and joining me here is Connor Finless. Connor, welcome back. Hey, Tip. Thanks for having me back. Really appreciate it. Uh, it's always good to be on with you, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, if if you guys thought we had a lot last time, we got a lot this time. Uh, we're just going to start right off uh, with the Jazz versus the Clippers. Um, Connor, did you have a chance to watch this game six where the Clippers closed out? I did. Um, what a crazy game. Not a game I was expecting. Um, people are calling it the Terrence Mann game. Um, but no, it was, it was definitely wild. Not what I was expecting. Kawhi goes down and then they win the series. The jazz aren't even able to take one game without Kawhi there. So pretty crazy. Yeah, I definitely did not expect that. I, I, I didn't have a chance to watch this game, but I watched the highlights. Uh, Terrence Mann. Wow. I mean, so th- this is a guy that, you know, throughout, throughout the past two rounds we're like, as a fan, you're kind of yelling at, at Ty Lu, like, come on, like, play, play this guy. He, like, their, their team seems to do better while he's on the floor. Terrence Mann was 39-2-1. 39 points for a guy that was coming off the bench for the whole season. Like, that's yeah, insane. Pretty crazy. Um, you know, good for him. Good for, good for T-Man. Um, good for T. Lou for figuring out the adjustments and putting them in. Definitely. Definitely. Um, big and, big adjustments know, game for Ty Lou. It's great for Paul George as well. You know, we were saying even last time on the pod when they beat the Mavericks, we were saying he's got the uh, demons off his back or whatever you want to call it. But he definitely has the demons off his back for the playoff piece stuff uh, after these two closeout games. Definitely. Yeah. I think uh, I, I have here in my notes, apology number one, Paul George. I have to offer my apology to Paul George. Now, that, that, that comes with a little caveat, caveat, you know, um, caveat. Ca- uh, comes with, with a little asterisk because, you know, he was pretty shit, uh, the past or last, last playoffs, you know, during the re- regular season, he was, he was actually pretty good, but, um, yeah, he, he really stepped up, uh, as the number one guy while, um, Kawhi's been out, you know, he, he seems to perform better and is looking like Pacers P Paul George, um, at when he's the number one option yeah i was just gonna say it is interesting that you know him becoming the number one it might just be a mental thing he just feels more comfortable right and it's not that you know he can be the number one guy on a winning championship winning team necessarily maybe he could maybe he couldn't we haven't seen it yet but um it just seems like he's more comfortable out there he knows his role a lot better um so hopefully that can translate if and when Kawhi comes back so i mean obviously remaining to see that Definitely, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully Kawhi will come back for the Sun series. Before we we go on to the Sun series, just want to talk a bit about uh, the Jazz's collapse. There, they were up by twenty five points, or so I'm told, uh, and and they blow it. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, it's going to be an interesting off season for the Jazz, not necessarily because they're going to make a lot of moves, but because, in my opinion, there's not a ton that they could even do. Um, you know, they've re-signed Donovan Mitchell. They've re-signed Rudy Gobert to both big extensions last year. Um, and I think the only kind of person up for an extension this year would be Mike Conley, who's a big piece they traded for a couple of years ago. 
So, and I think they just have to extend him. He was an all-star this year. I think he's 34 years old now. So you might say, oh, you might not want to do that. But I think it's really the only thing that they can do um, because if they don't extend him, they're just going to lose him and lose that slot anyways. Definitely, yeah. I mean, this is a team made up of, you know, so many role players fitting the kind of 8 to 20 million a year salary guys. And there's just like, they just don't have that many pieces um, that are of value other than your star Donovan Mitchell and your defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, you know, like you're not going to get much for like a Joe Ingles trade unless you package Joe Ingles with Jordan Clarkson with, you know, if you, you'd have to bunch a lot, a lot of those guys together. Yeah, no doubt. And you don't want to, you know, overreact and, you know, put the whole team up for a fire sale, something like that, because, you know, they still were the number one seed. They're still obviously a really good team. They've got some work to do. Uh, figuring out how they can play against teams who are going to just small ball it out against them. Obviously, the defensive player of the year uh, in Rudy Gobert didn't necessarily play up to that title uh, during this last series, but it's hard to hard to say what's going to happen over there. Yeah, definitely, definitely a tough look for Rudy Gobert when you know he he was named defensive player of the year because he was the center and the 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 glue of their entire defense you know there you could argue that Ben Simmons is a better 1v1 defender but Rudy Gobert was this team's defense so then when the Clippers came out with a small ball lineup and Rudy just like he's not quick enough or agile enough to you know run out to block a corner three then the rest of your average defenders who are kind of getting by because of Rudy during the regular season they just kind of collapsed yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, I mean, there's not really a lot more to say from my end on that. We'll see what happens in the offseason. I'm no front office expert or anything, but I don't really see them making any big moves. I think they'll maybe just run it back, try to change their style of play a little bit. And obviously Donovan Mitchell was a little hurt in this series and obviously Mike Conley as well. So that that hurt them a lot too. So moving on to the team that won that series, uh, the LA Clippers. Um, I gotta say, I, I I didn't expect them to win this series. I think you I you did. would you, you picked them in six. I think I did pick mistaken. them in six. I know. There I can't, we go. Uh, I can't be saying when I'm right all the time, or else people are gonna start pointing out when I'm wrong too. But I did pick <laughs> them in six. That you did. That you did. So uh, now we have Clippers uh, versus the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. We saw game one on Sunday, I believe. Um, Sunday, yeah. Something. They they played game one. And uh, the Suns took that with Devin Booker dropping a 40-point triple-double. His first career triple-double. Really? I didn't know that. 40 or uh, first career triple-double. Good for him. I mean, yeah. obviously played a spectacular game, was getting uh, getting wherever he wanted to go. Um, and, you know, he's an, obviously an all-star and kind of a, you know, he's making his name for a top player in the league. Definitely, he thinks he feels like he is a top player in the league, but he's definitely showing us why he thinks that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's not like the, the Clippers played a, played a bad game. It was a pretty tight game there, uh, even when they were missing Kawhi. And granted, the uh, Suns were also missing CP3. Um, but yeah, Devin Booker, they were playing good D they were playing fine defense on him, but he was just getting to his spots. He's, uh, like the, the, the mid range mercenary, this guy just, you know, he, he gets to his spots. He's very, very Kobe esque in my opinion, you know, and you know, who, who was uh, his big mentor. So it's interesting, but, uh, 
yeah, this guy, this guy can just shoot the lights out and get to his spots with what seems like no trouble. Yeah, I mean, he's an incredible player. I think the one bright side you have to look on for the Clippers is they were just coming off, obviously, a game six where they played, um, obviously, you know, they're playing every second night. And I think they just played two nights later after that win. Um, and they only lost by, I think, what it was, four points or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, they're missing their star player, Kawhi. You know, the Suns are also missing one of their star players uh, in Chris Paul. But I think it is slightly a little bit of a bright side to look on for the Clippers. And also, they haven't really won any of their first games yet of the series. I think, you know, they've kind of gone down 0-2 in both their first series. And, you know, T. Lou has been able to, you know, do a really good job coaching, making adjustments. So hopefully for them that he is doing the same thing this series. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not... We're, we're not expecting it. He definitely could, but we're not expecting uh, Devin Booker to be putting up a 40-point triple-double every night. And he still had Paul George with 34, 4, and 5 uh, with two steals. So definitely not a bad game from him at all. No, definitely not. You know, he's playing really well. And as we said, he's comfortable being that number one guy. Um, and the team, you know, it seems like they're really clicking at the right time here. We will see, uh, obviously, what happens. But should be a great series. I'm excited for it. Yeah, game game uh, game two being played tonight. Uh, yeah, as we with, speak, it's uh, starting. I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kawhi and CB3 are both ruled out for this game two still. So we'll be interested to see how you know this series uh, goes on. Hopefully, both of those guys can back it can get back in the lineup, and we can see you know some two fully healthy teams go at it. Yeah, no doubt. And I would definitely expect Chris uh, CP3 to come back. Uh, maybe even for game three, just because, you know, it was the health and safety protocol. So I assume whenever he can get back, he will be back as soon as he can. With Kawhi, we're a bit more uncertain just with the um, little bit hidden nature of what the team's telling us, which is not a ton. I think they said sprained ACL or something like that. Something, yeah. Some sort of sprain in his knee is hopefully all it is, but hopefully, you know, hopefully it's nothing more serious than that. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so b- before we get to uh, series predictions for this one, just want to point out uh, Bookie, Demarcus Cousins had uh, 11 points in five minutes, and then he later topped that up with five fouls in 12 minutes. So just classic Boogie fashion. Love to see him out there again. That's a great Boogie game. Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot else to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so Connor, what are your predictions for this series? Um, I am going against the clips that I picked the last round. I'm taking the Suns in seven games in this one. I think it's yeah, going to go I, the distance, and I think uh, CP3 and Buck and that whole Suns team, you know, they're really gelling together at the right time. They've been killing it uh, throughout. I honestly didn't think that they would uh, make it this far. I thought they'd lose in the first round to the Lakers. Obviously, that didn't happen at all, and then they swept in the second round. I think they're really clicking in all cylinders, and um, even with CP3 out, they get the win. So Suns in seven. Yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with you that the Suns will win. They're, this is a great team, fun team to watch. I'm gonna say Suns in six. I think uh, I think they're gonna they're gonna close Taking out care on, of business. on them fast. Taking care of business. All right, then we'll see who's right this time. <laughs> okay, so uh, we saw a great game. Actually, no, I don't want to say we saw a game seven between the 76ers and the Hawks. Um, we saw basically a visual representation representation of the death of the process. Uh, a lot of things went wrong in this game. If you're a 76ers fan and, uh, 
Connor, what just what what are your initial thoughts on this? Basically, all I have is two words. Holy shit, right? The Sixers, um, they lost in epic proportions on that one. Um, they were killing it all season. They had an MVP candidate in Joel Embiid. Uh, people were saying, you know, this is the best built Sixers team. We have a bunch of shooters around. Um, and we just see it over and over again in the fourth quarter, just the demise of that Sixers team. They blew a bunch of leads, obviously. The elephant in the room, Ben Simmons. Um, I think he took four shots in the whole fourth quarters. Maybe actually, it was three field goal attempts in the fourth quarters. So of the in, of the a everybody listening, try to of the entire series, like try to wrap your head around that. Like here, I have some stats for you. These are his fourth quarter stats. Game one, two for two. Game two, zero for zero. Game three, one for one. Zero for zero, zero for zero, zero for zero, zero for zero. Well, at least he made him when he took him, right? <laughs> You're not wrong. But, like, this guy's getting paid $177 million. Like, this is, this is just... I, I don't even know where to, where to begin with this one. Um, you know... Ben's... It's crazy. Yeah, no, I mean, sorry to interrupt you there, but for sure it is wild. Um, I was shocked when the Houston Rockets didn't want Ben Simmons in that trade, um, in that James Harden trade. Now maybe they're thinking, you know, we did okay. We'll get some young draft picks. I mean, personally, I think I would still have taken Ben Simmons as a franchise cornerstone to build around. You know, you never know what he'll look like uh, building around on a new team. But I think, to be honest, this uh, this version of the Sixers should be over. Uh, the Ben and Embiid combo is just clearly not working, as we've seen many times. Yeah, we'll 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 talk in a little bit about uh, you know what the Sixers' future might be. Uh, so for for this game, as a Sixers fan, you've got to be scared when Trey is something like two for seventeen for the field, and the Hawks are still winning. Trey ended the game only five for twenty three. Good job, Simmons. You did a great job defending. Great at that. Uh, but you missed out on Red Velvet, Kevin Herter, 27-7-3. What a Red game. Red Velvet. Yeah, no, uh, Kevin Herter, he was uh, out of his mind. He was in his bag. Um, you know, I saw actually something that they call him Kevon. Ke- Kevon. Kevon. That's what it is. Yeah, Kevon. <laughs> yeah, that, that's his alter ego. So, um, no, that was, that was funny. But, no, he was really out of his mind. And the cool thing, too. Trey Young, as you said, what whatever it was, something for seventeen, five, five for twenty, or, going yeah, into the fourth five for quarter, something like that. But the cool thing with him is he doesn't really quit on that. Um, he seemed confident the whole way throughout. Uh, he sunk some big shots in the fourth, um, and you know some players that would you know eat them up inside. This guy, he's just going to keep shooting, right? He's not worried yeah. about it. I mean, one one of the plays that that stays with me from that game. The Sixers, uh, I forget who it was. I think it was Embiid like, got, got some nice slam or Tobias Harris got a nice slam. And, you know, the, the, the Sixers seem to be picking up a bit of speed. And then Trey just says, you know what? Fuck that. He tosses the ball over to John Collins yeah, and they, they dunk. Yeah. Exactly. As the Sixers and they are dunk celebrating. The, right the whole arena is going off. Philly fans are fired up. And then no. that just sucks the air out of the room. Trey Young, man, this was in my notes. This is my, my second apology to Trey Young. I still, I still hate the fouls. I hate, like, there's no reason you should be, like, 
jumping 20 feet in front of you or you know you just draw stupid ass fouls i i still hate that but this guy's a lot better than i thought he was i thought he was just like this this guy who said you know what fuck it i'm gonna shoot from 50 feet away and make it but he actually has good game iq and you know i i I thought he was a ball hog but he he averages i think he averaged like nine assists for the for the uh season like he he's a great player He's definitely really morphed his game and changed his style a little bit. Um, and I think that team around him works really well, too, in terms of he doesn't have to be the guy doing, you know, everything. Um, lots of those guys can create their own shot. Obviously, Kevin Herter, Bodanovich, Bodanovich, whichever one it is. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. It's one, yeah. Um, but, you know, they, and Lou Williams off the bench, too. Lots of guys who can create their own shot. And then John Collins, Clint Capel in the pick and roll. I think it just really works well around Trey Young. And he's a great, uh, great centerpiece to build around in, in Atlanta. Definitely. This team is, you, I, I love watching this team. They, they just seem to be, they seem to be clicking a lot. You know, they're really just enjoying themselves out there and having fun kind of being this underdog and, you know, destroying teams' hopes. Like, yeah it's awesome you know and as the underdog actually fun fact for you there um i heard this on a pod yesterday i was listening to but uh they're the first team since it was a team in the 90s i believe of the first team since that team uh with no all-stars on the team to make a western conference final or Eastern really conference final, i guess it is but yeah um no yeah it's pretty wild so no all-stars in the uh eastern conference finals so pretty crazy for them big ups good for them yeah, that's 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 sick. Getting back to uh, the death of the process, I, I put up a little a little uh, thing on my Instagram story asking people what they thought about uh, the past couple of days of NBA basketball. Uh, There's a lot of people who, uh, you know, they they were talking about the Sixers. Quinn Murphy said, uh, you know, where do the Sixers go from here? Uh, Gavin said uh, Simmons needs to be traded. What do you think the Sixers need to do in this offseason? Um, I mean, obviously, it's easy to react and panic right now because it all just happened and we saw that epic collapse. Um, you know, Ben Simmons, especially um, with that epic collapse. And I do think that that duo can't work necessarily. I just don't know what the best play is for them. Obviously, I think it... I think they need to trade him. I just don't know when or who the best option is to target as a trade candidate. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I, I want to preface this by saying I'm not out on Ben Simmons. You know, we saw last year, uh, like Paul George, Pascal Siakam. You know, these guys like they really underperformed in the uh, postseason. Paul George, especially. Um, playoff uh, P. Playoff P. Pandemic P. But. Um, like, so I, again, like you said, I don't want to be too reactionary on this. I'm not out on Ben Simmons. He's still such a great guy, but that, that play there where, you know, he has an, a wide open dunk and he passes it off to Matisse Thibel, who's like in traffic and they end up only converting one free throw, you know, like that's just, that's just sad seeing the, the mental part get get to you like that he said he said in an interview that he thought gallo was right behind him to block it but like even when it's wide open in front of you you shouldn't even be worried about that and he's just scared to go to the line he's scared to get fouled he should have like that was an easy two points potentially three points if he got fouled and made and converted the the bucket but it's 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 sad honestly yeah no doubt and obviously it is a mental thing i do agree with you though that um 
I'm not out on Simmons. I just don't think Simmons is going to mesh well with Embiid. Um, as we've seen, obviously, there's proven, you know, proven record to show us time and time again that it hasn't happened in the postseason for them. So I think he's just going to need a situation. Just he's playing kind of the small ball five, five, like, you know, five out guys. Um, just a bunch of shooters around him and just let him drive and kick and, you know, hopefully maybe develop a bit of confidence too and start taking some jumpers, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. I mean, this is a guy who earlier in the season had a 40 point game when Embiid was out against the best team in the NBA, the Utah jazz, like, like he can drive, he can get buckets. You don't have to shoot. I don't, I don't care if you take the shot just, but like, or no, sorry. I care if you take the shot, but you don't have to, it doesn't have to be a jumper or three, just drive to the bucket. This guy's like, he's a great talent. He just like, needs to get his confidence up. Yeah, for sure. And just working on the free throw shooting too. I mean, definitely. I think he's 30 something percent from the series or for the series. I can't remember what it was exactly. Yeah, something like that. It was, it was the worst in playoff history off of at least 70 attempts. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. Um, no, but yeah, just working the free throws. Obviously, that's something that can be improved, and uh, obviously, maybe working with like some sort of sports, uh, sports psychiatrist, something like that. He's got to get out of his own head there. Definitely, yeah. Um, so where, what, where do we think he could land? Let's say that the Sixers say we're we're out on Simmons and Embiid. Like this, the process is not working. Let's uh, let's trade him. My my initial thought. I had a brain blast yesterday, and the more I I thought into this rabbit hole the more it made sense for me and that was ben simmons to the raptors oh, now yeah it sounds like you've been thinking a lot about these trades here. <laughs> um so uh you know we're 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 ottawa lads we're we're raptors guys um the reason why i think this makes sense is uh you know the, the raptors are willing to to trade kyle lowry you know he was he was basically on the chopping block uh or on the trading block uh until like the last 10 minutes of uh, the, the trade deadline this year, you know, like they, uh, Masai and, and Lowry have a, have a great um, relationship, you know, they're, they're very open and the Sixers were one of the top uh, landing spots for Kyle Lowry. Um, so further into this, Pascal Siakam uh, has been ruled out uh, for a few months and he's going to be missing a few games or uh, I think a month or so into the regular season and we don't really know what he'll look like when he's back you know he had surgery and stuff so hopefully he'll be back at it but um you know if if you put ben simmons on uh the raptors you can play power forward or even you know go a little small ball big um and the sixers need a shot creator and someone who can shoot and kyle lowry is that guy he is incredible iq probably one of the top five iq players in the league right now um and he can shoot it yeah no i see that um i see the fit on both sides uh, definitely on the philly side um i just don't know if that's a big enough return for ben simmons you know i don't know if daryl morey is going to accept um kyle Lowry. he's actually also a free agent i believe in the off season right so it'd have to be a sort of sign and trade situation um if it were to happen uh and then obviously depending on the salaries you got to match them up there so yeah i guess you could match it with siakam um, but it does depend obviously on Kyle because he could just say, no, I, I want to just go and sign with Miami or I want to go sign with the Lakers or whatever, you know, he can do what he wants. He's a free agent. Um, so just depending on, you know, I'm sure he'd probably go where the money's good, but also in a winning situation too, um, to compete for a championship, I'm sure. Um, 
But I was thinking, actually, in terms of Ben Simmons trades, I was thinking Portland could be an interesting, uh, interesting fit. Um, I know they've kind of been stuck in mediocrity for a while, to say the least. You know, they've been making the playoffs, and obviously Dame's an incredible talent, probably top 10 player in the league for sure, um, and a crazy scorer. It's just they were lacking a lot of defense on that team. Um, and as kind of a shot creator um, potential trade piece for Philly, they could trade C.J. McCollum. Um, I know he's been a part of that organization his whole career. Um, you know, him and Dame obviously have a great, great relationship um, and they've worked really well together, but it might be time to shake things up there. Um, sending him over to Philly definitely would be a great shot creator, outside shooter. Um, can kind of score from anywhere on the floor, run the pick and roll with Embiid too. Um, I could see the fit for sure. Um, so it just depends what the Portland Trailblazers were looking to do if they wanted to do you know, more of a defensive mindset and just get Dame doing all the offense and maybe create a little bit of a Draymond Green, Steph Curry situation in Portland with Ben and, uh, ben and uh, Dame. Yeah, yeah. I definitely like that, that, that trade idea there. Even if it's uh, – you, I, we were texting earlier, and, you know, you had mentioned CJ or even Norm Powell. Norm's a great shooter, great shot creator. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, think, I think I saw a stat that Portland's defense was – one of the top three worst in NBA history this year. So they definitely need some defense. And Ben Simmons is probably the best one-on-one defender in the league. He can guard one through five. Um, and yeah, Philly needs, uh, a, they need shooters. They have Seth. They, you know, Tobias Harris wasn't really there this series all like too, too, too much, but yeah, you know, I'm not fully out on shooter. Him. Yeah. Um, and hopefully Danny Green will be uh, back and healthy for them next year. He's a great uh, corner three guy. Yeah, Danny might be a free agent too. Actually, I'm uh, I'm thinking he, he is. He's, I think he, he signed is. a two year deal with the Lakers and then got traded, obviously, to OKC and sub- subsequently the Sixers. So he might be a free agent this year. So we'll see what happens with Big Danny G. One last point on the whole Sixers um, situation and the process in general. Obviously, you know, the process has been going on for a while. They were losing, 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 getting those top picks. Um, and obviously, they got Embiid, they got Ben Simmons, um, and then they fluked on a couple like Markel Fultz. Um, but I was just thinking it's crazy because they could have had Jason Tatum. They were in the third slot uh, and they traded up to number one to pick Fultz. Um, and obviously, they could have just picked Tatum third or traded up and just picked Tatum first. Um, and that would be an incredible team. He's an outside shot creator um, and would work really well in this team. Also, they had Jimmy Butler. Um, reasons still unclear necessarily why Jimmy wasn't happy, but that was probably the scariest form of the team with Jimmy and uh, JJ Redick um, going to that game seven against the Raptors. Just, you know, with that couple bounces, Kawhi shot, who knows, everything could have been different. But uh, I think that was the scariest version of their team. So it's just crazy to think that they could have this team with Jimmy, with JJ, with Jason Tatum. Uh, three, um, obviously, Tatum and Butler are definitely in another level than Redick, but three kind of elite outside shot creators. Um, Redick just knocked down shooter for sure. Um, yeah. And it would be a fully different team. I don't think and, they'd be fighting and, out like this. And you'd still have Embiid and Simmons. Like that, exactly. Like, like when when you think that hey even even without Jason Tatum like when you think about that that lineup on paper that's a crazy good team I think like some of the Raptors uh, organization or players they had said that you know that Sixers team they found scarier than you know the the Bucks or the the Golden or the version of the Golden State Warriors that they played uh, that championship season so I mean 
that's that's saying enough right there for sure i mean just a botched process don't trust the process anymore (laughs) don't trust the process and we are back uh now let's talk about maybe my favorite game of this entire series one of my favorite games i've ever watched honestly like this was a great game and that was the game seven uh for the nets versus the bucks yeah it was a intense game obviously game seven um you don't get a lot like it um both teams were obviously dead at the end had to go to overtime with that incredible shot made by kevin durant (laughs) holy Um, shit yeah no i was uh i was definitely freaking out um the boys were the boys were a little drunk and you know freaking out thought (laughs) thought he might have won the game but clearly there's a little bit of a foot on the line there man literally if he was half an inch uh farther back from the net the the bucks would be done which is in that that shot was poetry in motion kevin durant you know best player on the planet right now in my opinion like just unstoppable for sure and you know right when i was watching that game right when he took the shot i just knew it was going in it's kd uh you don't really doubt that guy in terms of taking a shot from anywhere on the floor um he's one of the best and one of the greats of the game in history really um and obviously i do think the series would have gone slightly differently um, you know, but for some of the some of the Nets injuries, but hey, right, that's uh, basketball. Maybe that's the basketball gods uh, with a little bit of karma there. Just saying, like, hey, you know, you guys can't all team up, and uh, I'll be yeah. I'll be on the court at the same time. But I do yeah. think they would have won, but for the injuries. So you really can't um, give this as a knock or anything like that to KD um, because I think even just making that shot was you know, one of the great shots in NBA history and definitely cementing his legacy as one of the greats if it wasn't already there. Definitely. This, this, that game was an instant classic. And, you know, we, uh, game five, we had KD ball out for 49 points. He had 48 points in this game seven. Uh, Giannis ended with uh, 40, 13 and five. So not at all a bad game for him. Um, yeah, this was just insane. Um, Drew, uh, Drew Holiday. He he was like one for thirteen or something, and then yeah, he a bit just, of a stinker for Drew. Bit of a stinker, but then like he just kind of showed up and said, "Fuck it, I'm taking a three. And you know, he he uh, he really helped them uh, win that game down the stretch. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and you know, he got lucky there. Hopefully, he can um, shake that off and bounce back in their next series. Um, but no, yeah, overall crazy, crazy game and wild series for sure. I think. <laughs> I think I think I want a Brook Lopez jersey. This guy, I, I'm, he's like the great anomaly for me. Like he's either throwing away their season by passing up the shot with like a second left on the shot clock, or he's making like three insane blocks like on KD and the Nets to like win them the like to to save their uh, their their season. All right, you get Brook and I'll get Robin. <laughs> You know, a lot of people were talking about the Bucks, uh, uh first round matchup against the Heat as a big mental game. You know, once they if they if they lost that game one, they might have lost the entire series. But you know, they they won that game one and swept the the Heat and kind of got over that mental block. 
this Nets team is insane. And, you know, K- KD and, uh, and Giannis, they, they, they went at it both having like 40 point games back to back when they played against each other in the regular season and something like that. Um, so th- this very well could just be, you know, another mental block for the Bucks. you know, people like Drew Holiday or Chris Middleton who kind of need to need to show up in this next, uh, next series. Um, and if, if that's the case, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what this team does. Yeah, it is crazy. You know, they're, you know, inches away from, um, getting out, you know, coach buds getting fired and, you know, it's another, another disappointing loss in Milwaukee. People are bored, you know, two time MVP Giannis can't get it done again. Um, and then, you know, they win the game and now it's a whole nother story. They might win the cha- championship this year, which is wild. What, what happens here with bud? Does he get fired unless they win the championship? Cause I don't really know, like, or finals bound like he doesn't get fired where's the threshold for this yeah that's actually a good question um hadn't really thought about that i just knew he would get fired if they lost that (laughs) um (laughs) definitely but who knows i mean i think if they go to the finals he's definitely good um and obviously if they win the chip he's good too so i guess it could just be a loss of the hawks might trigger something but who knows you know they they beat some good teams um and it could just be a weird year too so we'll see what happens Okay, so moving on uh, to our Eastern Conference Finals matchup, we have the aforementioned Bucks against the Atlanta Hawks. Connor, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on this upcoming series? Should be a great series. Um, you know, great uh, great defense in Milwaukee, um, and you know, great offense in Atlanta. Um, you know, with Trey Young and all their shooters and all those guys who can create their own shot. Um, you know, Milwaukee, they haven't been amazing offensively so far uh, throughout the playoffs. So we'll see if they can, you know, switch that up and turn it on. Um, but I think it should be a good series. And I'm really surprised to even say that. I'm surprised we're even talking about the Hawks in the conference finals. I would definitely, um, even midseason, wouldn't have pegged them for uh, for even getting past the first round. But, you know, good for them. You got to respect it. Um, and good for that city of Atlanta. The fans must be so fired up right now. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Hawks deal with, uh, with Giannis. With Embiid's injury, he wasn't posting up and going crazy. Like he, he was doing a lot of kind of like one-footed uh, fadeaway jumpers and stuff. I, I think his knee really impeded on his, uh, on his just like post-up abilities but mm-hmm. man Giannis is going to be like dolphin diving at the net on every possession and I I'm curious to see how Clint's going to handle that yeah I know it's going to be uh it's definitely going to be an interesting series for Giannis and for Clint to obviously see that matchup but you're right um it will be will be tough for the Hawks to stop Giannis um don't really know who I'm picking yet who do you think I'm gonna I I, I really like this box team and if Drew and Chris are firing you know I I'm tempted to say Bucks in five, but I've 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 kind of learned to not bet against uh, Trey Young, so I'm going to say Bucks in six here. Yeah, I think that's sort of what I was thinking too. And you know, you're right with the Middleton uh, Holiday thing. Uh, I think just both these series, even if they haven't necessarily played amazing, uh, gives them a lot of confidence, a lot of. Um, I think they're going to be a confident team. You know, they're obviously the more experienced team. The Hawks are a young team and obviously they're doing really well, but I think that the Bucks will be 
uh, knocking down shots, and I think they'll win the series eventually. So, yeah, I'm going to say Bucks and Six as well. Let's see it. So, as uh, we are talking and recording, uh, the NBA draft lottery has, uh, has just come to a conclusion, and uh, the Toronto Raptors have secured a top four pick. They have the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft. Connor, what are your uh, thoughts? Let's celebrate here. Yeah, no, it's pretty crazy. Wasn't even thinking too much about the draft. Um, kind of forgot about it, to be honest with you. But then I saw the draft lottery was today. Raiders were recording and uh, number four pick. It's sweet. So I think we were supposed to get, was it six or seven? I think we had seven, the odds seven, for. Yeah. yeah, so it's pretty sweet getting number four. Uh, moving up a bit. Obviously, you said Detroit got number one. Houston got yeah. two. Cleveland, three. Cleveland three. Sweet. No, I mean, it's great to be among the shit teams down there getting a, getting a good pick. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. You know, Cade Cunningham, uh, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and uh, uh, Spider Mitchell's brother, Davion Mitchell. Not yeah, actually his brother. No, exactly. Um, but uh, definitely some, some great picks looking forward for, for, you know, I, I think the Raps really deserve this. They, they spent the whole season uh, away from home in hotel rooms and stuff, just always playing a home game stuck in Tampa and, you know, this is just some great basketball gods rewarding them. Yeah, no, you're definitely right. And it's uh, it's pretty sweet to see as a fan. And especially in this draft class is a great, um, you know, deep draft class. So we'll see even with the number four, I think we can get a great, great talent. Honestly, don't know the prospects amazingly well. Obviously, those top guys know the names and stuff, seen a few highlights, but not a draft analyst yet. Not yet. It's we're 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 on the up and up. We're trying. Connor, I want to uh, thank you very much for coming back on the pod. Always, always a pleasure to have you on. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Always fun chatting. Tip off pod, wherever you get your pods, subscribe, uh, toss some feedback. Love the destructive criticism. Um, and let's, uh, let's have some fun. Signing off. Pull it back, Kobe. Kobe, 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 Kobe. Pull it back, Kobe. Switch. I don't even got to look. I take the shot in here and switch.